0: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hi, I'm LaToya Edwards and welcome to Mommy Jammies Night. This is going to be a great place to just relax and chat with other moms. So I hope you have on your comfy jammies, you've got your snacks, whatever you want to drink, and don't forget your box of tissue as we get ready for a time of fellowship and encouragement. I can't wait for you to meet my friends. I just know that you will be blessed by their stories and what they have to share. All right. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm LaToya Edwards, the new host for Mommy Jamie. and I just have to say it's weird hearing yourself on the radio. That was an unusual experience for me. <laughs> and tonight we have a familiar face with us, Felice Corliss. Welcome.
1: So glad you. that you didn't
0: abandon me right away. <laughs> oh, gosh, I would never abandon you, LaToya. Oh, I, I feel like you've been I called, not, called. I, I wouldn't let you. Right. <laughs> when Matt let you, I would get in the car and drive up there and get you. <laughs> oh, you too right. so I know. I am excited for your talk, on Making Lemonade with Our Women. I know we've been talking a little bit and a lot of opportunities for uh, making the best out of sticky situations over here,
1: especially mm. in the last
0: few days. Yeah, I hear you. right, so I think we're all set. Do you want to introduce yourself for anybody that we have that's new? Okay, are you ready for me to get started then? Yes, I am. Okay, all right. Well, we serve a mighty God. Amen. Um, I am so excited to be here with you this evening. Um, as LaToya said, my name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am um, a host of several podcasts myself on this Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And, um, you know, I, I really have to praise to God because um, this summer, uh, well, summer of 2013, I was really thinking about how I needed to to make some changes in my life and the idea of this network came together and I called a few of my friends and they said yes they would have a podcast um, on this ultimate homeschool radio network and so um, one thing led to another and here we are and so uh, mommy jammy night has been going on for several years now uh, once a month and I really felt the Lord was calling me to let go and um, do some other things he has uh, out there for me. And so as he reveals himself to me, um, you know, I'm having to learn to let go in some areas. And so I'm really blessed that LaToya um, is taking charge now, and I think she'll do a great job. But, you know, tonight our, our session um, is about um, making lemonade out of lemons and I am calling it with a twist mommy style and that is because as moms there are so many things that we have to do and you know most of us are very um inventive in that you know we can take uh you know five little things and make a craft with it for example if there's um you know a baby who's uh crying or upset you know we can um, you know, pick them up and distract them, and and you know the toddler needs milk, and and so we get the milk, and something else happens, and the phone rings, and you know we're able to do all these different things, but many times we are so um, um, out of sorts because we've poured into our family and, and into um, all the people that need us, and and um, you know just our daily lives are filled with that. And so, you know, those of us that um, the Lord's called to write, I, I own a publishing company, Media Angels, and I've been writing. This is actually my 20th year. I can't believe I'm saying that, but the first book was published in 1994, and it depends on what day it is. Some days I wish I had never written the first word, and other days I'm thrilled with how everything is going. So there's a lot of ups and downs in running your own publishing company. And and so, you know, through the years there's been a lot of changes and um, there's been growth and there's been changes in uh, the homeschool market. So whereas we, um, you know, would only think of doing print books, I mean, now we do digital classes, um, video class, and have a podcast like this one. So uh, there are just so many things that are going on, so I invite you to... Um, you know, visit me over at mediaangels.com. And then I also, um, you know, have a, a very um, exciting family, I think, as most families go. Um, I am married to uh, my husband, Jeff, and we've been married for 34 years. This will be our 35th year in August. And I have uh, five children, two are adults and grown up, and one is a homeschool mommy and with Five Little Ones and Expecting Her Sixth Child, that's Christina. Um, those of you who have been with me a while may recognize Christina's name from the co-author of the Truth Seekers Mystery Series. Well, now she's all grown up and and um, her kids are reading her books. So it's a cool legacy. And then I'm still um, homeschooling the youngest two, Ann and Michael. And Nicholas uh, graduates this year from high school and he's He's just about done. So, you know, in this journey of homeschooling, it has been uh, such a blessing to serve the Lord and to watch my children as they, um, you know, share with me their love of the Lord and, you know, their learning um, day to day and and that, you know, what that is that changes. And so tonight's session is going to focus on life and the changes we make and how they affect those around us, not just this moment, but in the years to come. You know, there are so many situations in life that happen um, that we wish we could change or or have a do-over. And when praying about what to talk about for Jamie's night, my thoughts are all over the place. In recent years, you know, we've overcome a lot of hardships, and the Lord has been faithful, and he has taught me so much through adversities, and that's why at the beginning I said we serve a mighty God, don't we? And and I hope you're all saying Amen because we do. And our Lord um, is a mighty God, and He has taught me through the years so many things. And I thought, you know, should I talk um, further, Lord, about Your quiet, little voice? Because I've talked about that, and I love it. Um, I have a much neglected Facebook page um, called A Few Minutes with God. And that's when the Lord was revealing himself in the quiet. He would just say, you know, just listen. Don't talk. Just listen. Listen to what I'm saying. So I thought, well, maybe I should expand on that. Um, And then I was thinking about another talk I've done about letting go and letting God, Um, you know, or about dealing with financial crisis at a time when we should be planning our retirement. You know, there are so many things I could talk about and while all of these topic, topics are great, and I've touched on them in the past, I was talking to my husband as I was, you know, thinking about different things and jotting him down on a piece of paper. And I looked at him and I said, well, what should I talk about? And he said, talk about how to make a bad situation better. And so tonight's session is in that vein, making lemonade out of lemons. So I've told you a little bit about my family and about my, my business ventures, and now I want to talk to you about, about time. And the reason I'm going to start with um, the word time, is, and I want you to write that down, and actually there is a handout with this talk, so if you're listening in the archives, uh, go to MommyJanniesNight.com, and you'll find it under um, the podcast Lemonade from Lemons. But, um, you know, I want you to write that down, and even though that's not on your handout, I want you to think about that and think about your time and how you spend it. You know, um, it is really important to me to spend my time wisely. And I find that recently, um, and especially in this information age, that I have wasted so much time, and that is something that I cannot take back or bring back. And as I thought about some of the things I wanted to share with you, stories in my life where lemons were turned into lemonade, I started really rejoicing in the time I, I spent with my family. And these are, are times that can never be recaptured. You know, it is memories that we've made, just like you may have take pictures and scrapbook. Um, if you do, God bless you. <laughs> um, I, I love um, crafts and things like that. I just don't have a lot of patience for scrapbooking. I tried, but um, there's all kinds of really cool things now for scrapbooking. But, but anyway, um, you know, these are memories that we have with our families. And if you do scrapbook or you, you know, have a place that you can look at pictures, those memories come back, don't they? But they're, they're memories, they're not the, this moment. And so I want you to, to think about that and think about how you're spending time in your life. The first story I want to tell you about is um, a, a time we were camping with my brother and his, um, his wife. And we were at the um, Ignatius Springs State Park that is in North Florida. And so um, we had had a gorgeous um, experience there, the weather was beautiful, Um, there were deer, Uh, you know, Florida kids don't get to see a lot of deer, and so in North Florida there's a lot of deer. And other than them feeding the deer my really good fruit salad, which I wasn't happy about, um, you know, it was really a great time. The weather was gorgeous. We had good company. The food was delicious. And we just really had a relaxing time of, um, you know, sitting around a campfire, um, hiking and, you know, and enjoying nature. And at the very end, uh, we had planned to pack up our, our camp stuff and head to a place to rent rafts so that we could go river rafting. And then we were going to both um, head home, my brother and his wife, to their house and us to to Fort Myers, and so um, on our way to um, the river, my husband noticed that my brother's raft was deflated, and I mean, we had just barely left the parking lot, so we called my brother and told him to pull over, and sure enough, the raft is deflated that was, you know, just minutes before strapped to the top of his car, and what you do is you um, you drive to this place and you go down the river and then they, they take you by bus back to your cars. So um, we went back to the rafting place and that gentleman was not very kind and I very wisely stayed in the car with the kids and my brother was very upset and so was his wife and we couldn't hear anything from where we were but we could see from their posturing that it was going to be a disaster so my husband got out of the car and then a few minutes later he was pulling the raft off of the top of our car and um, we soon learned that the gentleman was not not only not going to refund the money but was not even going to um, give them another raft he was going to make them pay for another raft if they wanted to go down the river so that was the end of our rafting, and you know sadly, it wasn't a place that was close to our house. I think it's like between eight and ten hours away, so it wasn't um you know something that we were going to go back or do and do anytime soon and so of course, the kids were very, very disappointed, and you know they're they were young this is um we only had our two older children. And they were really young and, and, um, you know, upset. And so, you know, my brother was really upset. And he said, okay, we're just going to go home. And, you know, we'll we'll talk to you later. And so they got in their car and they left and we got in our car and we started heading home. And so, um, you know, I said to my husband, you know, quietly, you know, we need to, to do something, and so I looked at the kids and I said, "We're going to stop for ice cream. You guys keep looking, and the first place you find, we're going to stop." And so, um, you know, we we called my brother, and you know, if you can believe it, it was before text messaging. <laughs> it would have been easier to text message them, but anyway, we called them and um, you know told them what we were going to do. And so, you know, about an hour down the road, we stopped and we got ice cream. And we just started laughing about the situation and, you know, talking about, you know, what would have happened if we started down the river and your raft, you know, had a puncture and you were, you know, floating down this river on this this little flimsy piece of plastic. So, you know, it, it turned out, I'm sure, to be a good thing and a God thing, but at first, you know, it was this devastating thing. And, of course, now we look back and we laugh at this, you know, flapping um, raft on the car and you know and everything else, but you know during those times um of extreme disappointment, especially with the kids, you know you have to you know make the best of it if you're if you're upset and loud and angry, and you know not to say that we can't acknowledge that we're upset, but yelling and screaming really doesn't help, and so you know it it was a you know, not a good situation, and it was not fair, but that's another thing, you know, that we tell our our kids and ourselves that life isn't fair, you know, so my husband has a saying that he says, you know, um, it's a good thing that, that we don't get everything we deserve from, from the Lord, you know, and that is so true, so anyway, I wanted to share that rafting experience that, you know, ice cream makes everything better anyway, and so in this situation it did as well. So the, the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, our early days of homeschooling. And in those early days, there were so many uh, friends. We had such a huge homeschool support group, um, a network of friends. We were all like-minded. We really loved the board. There were great friendships. Um, we went camping together. In fact, um, that was one of the reasons we started camping was to go with our friends and their kids who were homeschooled. And we just thought this is going to last forever. This is so great. And for me, it was a lifestyle. You know, homeschooling really was something that I embraced wholeheartedly. And um, I even have an audio that I created on the Vintage Homeschool Mom broadcast that I um, I host that show um, that you can listen to on the topic of homeschooling. You know, is its it a the homeschool lifestyle? But As the kids got older, something happened, and what happened was more and more people were putting their kids back into school for high school, and so, again, it was one of those times where the kids were very devastated, especially when it was really good friends of theirs that were going um, to high school, and they were going to remain homeschooling, and so we, we talked about it, and we discussed it, and I really received grace from God um, that you know, I really feel is from the Lord because I decided at that point that homeschooling was my calling, and maybe it wasn't their calling for the long term. It was what they did, but it was who we were, and you know, we were homeschoolers in the Lord. We were homeschoolers that embraced the homeschool lifestyle. We were homeschoolers that were going to do this through high school. I know. You know, some of you listening do it year to year. And each family has to make that decision for themselves. But as I watched my children's good friends um, either move or um, their parents deciding that they were going to go to school, I realized that it was time to be proactive with my family. And for me, um, you know, that scripture I love as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. you know, I felt that the Lord w- was not going to be happy with me um, looking at this as, um, you know, me trying to, to educate somebody else on what, whether they should or shouldn't homeschool or, you know, if homeschooling was going to save their kids. That wasn't for me. You know, all I I wasn't going to waste my time in gossip or trying to second-guess, you know, their salvation. You know, um I wanted to focus on my calling, which was to homeschool my children, and um two of my dearest friends um, were those families that decided to homeschool up to eighth grade and then put their kids into high school, and they're still my very close friends, and I love them dearly. And so my children got to see how we acted in these situations, how we turned these lemons that could have been horrible and devastating and you know, we didn't get to to go camping with these families anymore um, because we were going to be um, going it alone. And so we found that, um, you know, we had to um, embrace our family and do things together and really cultivate a love of, you know, for each other. And so, um, you know, what ended up happening was our family – became very close-knit. Um, my oldest son, Neil, works with his dad, and he learned a valuable trade in that way, and so um, that was wonderful. And then Christina um, took a lot of Toastmasters classes. She um, did public speaking. She loved to write, and so we, we co-authored the three novels, the Truthseekers Mystery Series. Um, you know, she's a great organizer, and she's is to this day, and even with her little ones, um, she would always organize these little trips. We'd have sometimes many day trips, sometimes longer ones, and we just focused on our family. We weren't so focused on who can we get to go with us. You know, I know some families that, um, you know, go out to dinner and whenever they go out to dinner, um, they want to bring someone else with them or even a husband and wife, you know, that they always want to go with another couple. And I do love to go out to dinner with couples, um, you know, with some of our friends. But I also like to go out with my husband alone. And I think we're so um, in tune as a family to each other, and it just makes it more special. You know, um all of my children have grown up with friends, but they also value family first. And so, you know, the takeaway for you is is that, you know, if you have these situations in your life, that you can realize that, that you know, God is in control. So, you know, these are just two little stories I shared with you, and I could go on and on about, you know, all the times and things that have happened in our lives that have you know, not only created great memories, but also that have, um, you know, we've, we've had to reverse the situation, and what could have just been a disaster, you know, we turned into lemonade, we turned it into what the Lord wants for us in our lives, that when these adversities happen in our lives, that we're not just going to crash and burn, you know, there might be a time when something um, happens that you just can't deal with, and you might just... You know, be frozen. Um, and that's fine and that's okay. But just remember um, these five little points that I, I want to talk about quickly here. Um, and the first is that God has this. Whatever your problem is, he knows about them. And Isaiah um, 49, 16, you know, says it beautifully. And, you know, what? what I want you to do is to think about those times that you know you really struggled, and in those times was the Lord there for you, you know you may not have heard him immediately, but I guarantee you he knew what you were going through, and he was there and the reason I love isaiah forty nine sixteen is because I can just see it you know that the Lord has you know it's it's uh, um the verse that talks about you know, that we are, uh, the Lord has us written in the palms of his hand. you know, and it's, I'm going to read to you here, behold, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands, your walls are continually before me, and, you know, how beautiful is that, that the Lord knows our situations, he knows everything about what we're going through, and yes, we can cry out to the Lord, and we can ask him for help, but we also have to have that hope and that joy, um, that knowledge beyond all understanding that God is there for us. And the second thing is to mentally say or think a plan B. You know, we always um, are ready and able to do the one thing that we set out to do, but we don't ever have that second plan, that fallback plan. And that's really important to have that. You know, if not. Um, you know, written out completely, you know, I, I never was a Girl Scout, so, you know, I know the motto with Boy Scouts is be prepared, or is that Girl Scouts? I don't know, but, um, you know, but just have that plan B, have that other fallback plan that, okay, this didn't work out, you know, I mean, ra- let's, let's face it, ice cream is a poor second to, you know, river rafting, you know, um, even if it is a slow little river in, in North Florida, I mean, this is not like the mega rapids. But, you know, it was making the best of the situation that we had. You know, we didn't have the resources um, to just go to another place and get another raft and do this all over again. There were other places, but, you know, the situation had been soured. And so we could have been really upset and angry and, you know, irritated, or we could turn it around and just say, you know, we're going to pray for that man who didn't do the right thing. And, you know, and go on with our lives and not let it waste another second. You know, when I talked to you about time at the very beginning, Satan is a time robber, and he causes us to dwell on the negative. When I was praying about this talk, you know, I kept thinking, well, who are you to say anything? You know, you're not that great of a mother. You're not that great of a wife. You know, you don't do anything well. And, you know, it's the enemy just wants to tear us down, and he wants us to, you know, be frozen and not be able to react and, and do what we need to do. And we need to say, no, this didn't work out the way we expected, but we have a plan B. I don't know what the plan B is right now, but we're going to figure it out. And then do that as a family. The third thing is to relax. If you can do nothing else but take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and just say it's going to be okay. And that's what we have to do in life. We have to do that so many times, so many times during the day. I talked to my daughter the other day, and um, the baby, she had gone into the shower, and the baby had brought the dog's bowl um, across the house to her bedroom or to the bathroom. And, of course, it had water in it. she looked at the bowl, and she goes, oh, good, it still had water in it. And then she went out, and she saw all through her wood floors, uh the baby had taken the bowl of water and dripped it all the way through and so there was water everywhere. And um, you know, so she gave all the kids towels and they mopped it all up and she'd just washed the floors the day before and um I forgot the next oh, she'd asked the little two little kids to empty the dishwasher and they were having a grand time and happy and laughing and of course the dish broke. So she said to me, you know, this is all before our day really starts, you know, these things that happened. So, you know, and I, I, I told her, I'd take a deep breath, you know, and and just say, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, I love this, this saying um, from Mother Teresa, and um, if I can find it here. I just had it here. Yeah, Mother Teresa once said, God does not require that we be successful, only that we be faithful. You know, and being faithful is it's doing what we are called to do. Let me say that again. Being faithful is doing what we've been called to do. You know, you may not have been called to start a a radio podcast network or to write a book or to um, public speak, but you may be called in some other greater way than any of these other things. You know, just, just know that the Lord doesn't make mistakes, the Lord does not make junk, and he has a plan for you. The fourth thing I wanted to talk about, and this was not even in my first draft, but um, as I was, you know, writing and thinking and praying, this kept coming up, and that was anger management and disappointment. You know, look at the root cause of anger if, if you can. And, you know, basically it's extreme disappointment and it's also losing control. When we're angry, we don't know how to face, you know, face things and we get upset and usually we get upset at the first person near us and you know it's really difficult i know to you know have this you know wonderful happy life where everything's going great because we think everybody else's life's going great and our lives are not you know and that's not true again that's something that the enemy tries to tell us that everybody else is doing great and nobody's you know life's falling apart well everybody's life falls apart at some point or another it's just the degree that we let it fall apart and it's because you know we're we're not going to stop take a breath and then just trust in the Lord you know um, anger management is a very important thing and um, one of the things I want to share with you about that is that um, you know I, I, I know that some of you um, have it to an extreme. And, you know, I, I get angry and, um, you know, I, I liken it to um, a a laser beam, you know. Like I get upset and I yell and scream and let it all out and then I'm fine. And then I look around and I see the fallout of my family, you know, that everybody's like in shell shock. And so... You know, I feel great because I just let it all out, but they don't. Um, I've never really had a major, major issue with it because I don't keep it bottled in. And I know for some people that keep it bottled in, that's when it's more dangerous because then it really explodes and, you know, it can be very harmful to others. So really look at the root cause of your anger, like why are you so upset? What is the problem that leads up to it? And get to the root problem. You know, um, anger does come from lack of control or thinking. You can control a situation and then it gets out of control and you blow up. So, you know, look at that root problem. And if you can't find it, ask the Lord or someone close to you and they'll tell you. Look, disappointment happens in all of our lives, and if you're a people pleaser like I am, you know, then it, it it's even worse because you feel like you've let people down. Um, anger and disappointment kind of go together, because when you're really disappointed, that's when the anger tends to come out, like the situation with the raft. You know, my brother just blew up because he was so upset, and, you know, It happens, but it's because of, you know, what we expected to happen and, you know, it didn't happen that way. And so each of us handles situations differently, and we need to learn to be able to handle anger and disappointment in a different way. And that's something, you know, that I urge you to look into and to practice. With little kids, we practice things. Like we practice saying, yes, mom. You know, I've done this with my teenagers when I'm getting this yup now. I don't know where that came from. But but all of my kids are saying yup instead of yes or even yeah. You know, yeah, it is not acceptable and you know, now we've got this yup thing going and you know, I had to say I want you to say yes, mom, you know, and we practice. And so you do that with these situations and these scenarios if you have a little one that has, you know, trouble with anger. You know, I think that's the only benefit I can see of time out. You know, and so it it just gives them a a chance to cool down. If you're really angry, don't use it as a time to discipline. Make sure you cool down before you discipline your children. I've been so angry with them. I've said, you know, there's going to be a major uh, disciplinary action. I don't know what it is yet, and I'll let you know because I'm just so angry right now that, you know i would I would take away you know something for a year, and that's just not gonna happen and I know it's not gonna happen so you know as I've gotten older i've known I know you know kind of the little things that um trigger my anger, and I also know that my kids um are gonna uh, are know now to wait to get their punishment, and they really really really, really dislike that. So it's a very effective way for those of you who have teenagers Just don't forget uh, to met out that punishment at some point. And then also, you know, I said to, to my kids, you know, I'm sorry you're upset and I'm sorry you're disappointed. But, you know, screaming and yelling is just not acceptable. And the same goes for me. You know, being loud doesn't mean you get your own way. So we want to turn those lemons into lemonade, and if we can at least tell our children, um, or even if they can tell us, you know, that, that they're sorry that they upset us, you know, it, it does help. So, um, you know, that's, that's some food for thought. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about, and, um, and it's, it's really important, is what are your first thoughts? What do you wake up thinking? What is in your mind um, when you wake up? And I just want to leave you with this, this thought that whatever is in your mind when you wake up is the state of your life. If you're waking up praising God, then you're in a good place with the Lord. Are you waking up worried about the day? Are you worried about work, about family, or about some other crisis? You know, um I remember a time in my life when I, I, I like to help people and I like to fix things and I've learned that I cannot help everybody and I cannot fix all of the world's problems. And I remember even, um, dreaming about helping and, and, um, you know, doing things for people. And yet, you know, we, we take these things and we ingrain them in our hearts and, and that may not be the Lord's calling for us. I met a gentleman um one time who was a buyer for one of the big uh, catalog companies, and um you know I said, Well, how did you get to be a buyer for this company and he said, Oh well ma'am, i'm going to be a missionary, and um you know I'm just going to do this until i I you know can go do mission work. Well, this young man never did mission work, but it turned out that his mission field was his family and the and the two special needs children that um, they adopted. And so we don't know what our calling is, um, you know, even from day to day. We may, you know, feel like the Lord called us in one place and then he calls us somewhere else. So we have to just remember that and keep those first thoughts each day on the Lord and focused, and, you know, if you wake up thinking about something that you don't want to think about, that's okay. You can just praise the Lord and just start praising Him and turn those, you know, downer thoughts into happy ones. You know, it's all about what the Lord has for you in your life and how you've decided to follow Him and what you will learn about the greatest trials that you'll face in life. We learn these amazing amazing lessons and i have learned so many lessons out of the trials uh that i've had in life and believe me the longer you live the more trials you're going to have in your family and trust me on this you know if you're young and have trials i'm sorry but you know this isn't heaven and while we're here and we should be joyful because of the promise of him we must realize that perfection won't be found on this side of heaven and I just want to leave you um, with this just thought and prayer. And I just want to, um, you know, thank all of you for listening tonight. And I just want to pray for you as as we end tonight's session and we open up for questions. I just praise you and I thank you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for this time with all of those listening today. I ask you, Lord, to bless them in their journey and their walk with you and their walk for turning lemons into lemonade, Lord. Let this be a glorious time in our lives, a time where we're learning, where we're growing, where we're rejoicing in the hope that we have in Christ. And I just praise you and thank you for this time to be able to minister to moms all over. And I just ask a blessing upon them and their families. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, that was good, Felice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really love that last thing that you said, perfection won't be found on this side of heaven. Boy, do you <laughs> I need to hold on to that. <laughs> uh, well, the Lord did not give me that perfectionist gene, and so that is not something I struggle with. You should see my office. Um, oh, wow. So I, I may have gotten your, your dose then because... I've got it in spades. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but, um, yeah, it just, you know, I I think that we're so hard on ourselves, LaToya, that sometimes it's really difficult to do what we need to do because, you know, we're trying to second-guess the Lord. And, you know, one thing I wanted to share was that – I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but have you ever heard of you know praying for for one word um in the new year? Yes, yeah, okay. well, a lot of us that are in business have heard of that, but i've I've been doing that for a really long time before I heard it as a trendy thing, and I remember in times of you know really hard times that I was getting the word joy and the word peace, and you know all of these. Really great words. I think I got the word joy twice. And when we were hosting the Ultimate Homeschool Expo, we even had Joyful Homeschool Expo. You know, that was the whole theme of the year. And this year, I was getting, like, educate and learn. And I'm thinking, those are not, those are not exciting words, Lord. You know, can we, can we have a redo? (laughs) You know? And so I guess I'm going to be really looking forward to learning more that the Lord has to show me. And so, you know, it's, it's not always what we want. Um, it's what the Lord wants. And it's just like I tell my children, um, you know, if you would just do what I say and, um, and, and quit complaining, we'd be done by now. You know, have you ever said that to your kids? Oh, you know, I say stuff like that to my kids all the time. like, well, how many times do I have to tell you? Or, you know, if you would have just done it, the mommy told you the first time. And every time those words leave my mouth, the Holy Spirit taps me on the shoulder and is like, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, it Every time. Yeah, I, I tell you, though, you know, I remember when I started praying for my, like, word for the year, and, you know, I would get things like rest. And it's like, rest? I want to do something. I don't want to rest. Or, uh, you know, like, you know, this year it's been, you know, let go. And I'm like, what? Let go? You can't let go. I have to have control. So I tell I know, you, right? on the, I'm not am not liking the word, but I'm learning that, you know, if I would just obey and, and listen, um, you know, there's always a blessing on the end of it. You know, when God wanted me to rest, he knew that I had a rough year coming up ahead of me and that I needed to be rested, you know, for and I just had to learn to stop having a temper tantrum about it. Oh, that's right. That's Great. why we have to learn like our kids learn. Yes, learning to be more like my, I, I told somebody, I said, you know, becoming a parent has kind of helped me understand my relationship with God more, because as I've you know, look at my children and try to teach and train them and constantly seeing almost like how I would look in the eyes of God with some of the stuff that I do. You know, and he's, you know, our Father in Heaven watching over us, but yeah, that was a good talk. So I think we have one question, I see. If you ladies have any questions? Feel free to post them in the, the Q&A box. Um, all we get is a question. We don't know your name, if it's something that you want to keep personal, uh, but Somebody says, how do you deal with a child who is constantly disobedient, even after consequences, as well as disrespectful of books and attitudes while handing out punishments or consequences? She says, this makes me angry, and I'm not sure how to deal with that or how to get through um, to her child. Mm. You know, I have um, five children with very, very different personalities and every one of them has probably gone through that stage. at <laughs> uh, one point or another. And the first thing I would say is, you know, it's a heart issue and and when when I you know, people would say, well it's a heart issue and well what does that mean? And at some point in your relationship that child has been wounded and the wound hasn't been healed. So um, you know, sometimes we're really upset and we tell our kids to go to bed and we don't want to talk about it because we're tired and we're exhausted and, you know, we're yelling and, you know, they go to bed and they close the door and that's it. And the next morning is a new day and that whole situation is not revisited. And that's a wound that just lays there dormant. You don't know what the child's thinking um, you know, my mother hates me, uh, she's so mean, I can't believe she would do this. And, you know, those kinds of wounds fester and then something else happens and it just adds on and adds on and it adds on. And we have this baggage that we carry around that is never, you know, addressed. So there's something there that's at the root of it. And I think, too, um, at a time in our lives, certain times our relationship with our children change. At one point they're like, Oh mommy, you're so great, I love you. Mommy, you're so awesome. Mommy, you're pretty, oh, you know, let me get you a flower. And then the next second, you know, it's they're growing up and you say, you know, let's get a book and let's read and they say, No, I want to read myself or um, you know, I don't want to read that book and um, I want to do this. Or, you know, like they, they've they lost some of their innocence and you're no longer, you know, this wonderful um, mommy that they adore. And it happens very subtly. And at some, you know, points in our life, you know, we have to realize that our kids are getting older and they're becoming their own person. And you can't just say to them, you know, I well, I do, I mean, let me back up a little bit. I I I am a disciplinarian, so when mom says it, they do it, and they don't really have a choice. But um, having said that, I also you know try to use child psychology wisely, and I try really hard not to um, not to wound and not to um, embarrass because in the teen years they get embarrassed very easily you know if if you would yell for them down the road at one point they'd yell back and then when they're older they're like you were just yelling and it was embarrassing and you know and and it was you know it was a diff it was i can't believe you said that kind of a thing And you're thinking what (laughs) you know i just did this last (laughs) week and it was fine um but uh you know i guess the point i'm making is i see some parents that that discipline harshly and it it's and and their their kids um are suffering from it and let me just you know i don't know your particular situation or um you know how old the child is but um but, but I guess, you know, I was going to give you an example, but I don't know that that would be a very – I guess I'll give you this example anyway. I was at a conference one year, and this little girl really wanted one of our writing books. We have a, um, a book on how to write fiction, and she told me she liked to write stories. Well, her parents were a couple of booths away, and I saw her dad was, you know, was watching her. I uh, don't usually get a little customer that's all by herself at a um, school conference. Well, her her dad, you know, um, walked up and said, you know, we need to go. And she said, well, I want this book. And he said, well, you know what mommy's going to say. And he kind of looked at me apologetically and he said, all she wants to do is write stories instead of doing her homework. And so the mom came over and she was really angry because, of course, they hadn't come and she was waiting for them. And, you know, maybe they were going to go to a talk and it was going to get started. And, um and so, she, um, she, you know, the little girl said that she wanted the book, because she wanted to write. And her mom goes, no, I told you, you can't write, because you, have, you don't do your chores and this and that and the other. And the little girl was just, I mean, she must have been about eight, and she was just crushed. So, I, you know, I'm, upset but this poor little girl, you know, she wants to write. It wasn't like she was saying, you know, I want to draw with crayons on the wall, you know. Um, it was like, you know, I'm thinking, gosh, she wants to do school. So I just started asking questions, and I said, do you, you don't finish your homework, you know, your, that your mommy wants you to do? And she goes, no, I finish my homework really fast. She goes, I don't do my chores. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and so I said, oh, and I said to the to the mommy, I go, I bet she would do uh, if you let her write. She would do her chores too, wouldn't 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 you? And I looked at the little girl shaking my head yes, and she goes, "Oh, if he, I can I can write if I do my chores, Mom." And the mother goes, "Well, of course." So it was like this whole conversation. I'm like, in you know, family dynamics at a homeschool conference. I ended up just giving the little girl the book. I'm going here, take it, yes. <laughs> you know. But it was like, you know, this lady was, you know, just single. I had a single focus, I need to get out of here, I have something I have to go do, you know, I don't have time for this, we've already had this discussion, and no, you can't do what X, Y, and Z, you know, even if Mrs. Gerwitz thinks it's so great, you know, this is not right. I... And, and so, like, the whole situation, you know, when this kid's a teenager, is there going to be problems? Yes. Because the mom did not see her excitement in her heart. Was she disobedient for not doing her chores? Yes. Was that something she was supposed to do? Yes. So it's just like little situations like that just grow and fester. Um, As far as, you know, any kind of disciplinary action, probably one of the best, um, uh, I don't know what I would call it, I guess classes that I took on child discipline started out like this. I'm going to give you the key to child discipline. And the key to child, child discipline is, to first look at yourself, parents, you know, and let's start with yourself. And I just looked at my husband. I'm like, I don't want to start with me. I want, like, all the answers on how to fix them. And, you know, it diso- disobedience has a root cause. And if you pray and ask the Lord, he will reveal that to you. And disrespect is never acceptable. And, you know, that needs to be taken care of. Um, I have a son. Um, one, my a most amazing child is the most disrespectful, and part of the reason is what he thinks I said versus what I really said. And I would, I prayed and said, "Why is he getting?" Like I would even say to him, "Why are you getting so upset?" You know what I said does not warrant your. Your, um, your your response. So he told me what I said or what he thought I said, and I looked at him and said, I didn't say that. You know, and he, he said, yes, you did. And, you know, the other two kids are there and going, no, he, no, she didn't. <laughs> you know, and it was, that was that was God. That was God because he's such an amazing kid, you know, in so many ways except in that one way. And how can this amazing child be so disrespectful? So do that, you know, um, really pray. And then the other thing I'm going to say is, um, and this this is this is really hard. But you know, when your child, and, and you can't do it at the heat in the heat of the moment. But I, and this is. I guess it's hard because I'm, you know, here I am getting recorded saying this. But, I, you know, I've had a child that has been really difficult to love. And I had to really pray to the Lord from the depths of despair to say, Lord, help me love this child. You gave me this child. And I know you love this child. And right now I am so angry with this, this child that I can't love him. So please help me to love this child. And it, it wasn't an instantaneous thing, but the Lord did help me in that way. And so when there's a lot of anger and strife, and remember, the enemy is really happy when these things happen, okay? He, um, he loves it. And so we have to really combat against it because um, the family on earth is a microcosm of the family in heaven and you know this is this is the lord's way of giving us this wonderful opportunity to share our faith with our with our children and leaving a legacy for for generations to come and when you think of it that way what better way to break this this legacy but to have strife in the family Because how can we pass on the love, the love we have of the Lord to our children, to their children, to their children, to their children, if there's all of this animosity? So, you know, keep that in mind, you know, when you're going through these things with your, with your child. And, um, you know, and, and if there is, you know, a situation that you want to talk to, you can, you can message me, um, either on Facebook or, um, through my um, MediaAngels.com, there's a contact box, and that comes directly to me. So, um, if there's anything else I can help you with, I'd be glad to. Because, like I said, with all of my children, <laughs> we've all gone through that at least at least at some point in their in their lives, in their little lives. So, that was good. right. So then I just, I have one question. Um, I know you talked about, you know, our first thoughts. And so some of us were in the the chat room, uh, you know, admitting that often our first thoughts in the day are not positive, they're not good. So how do you, like, is it, how do you train yourself to kind of fix your thoughts that you're having, those first thoughts when you wake up in the morning? Um, I guess, part of the thing is not to berate yourself, you know, that you're not thinking of these, you know, super happy things, but just to be able to take that, those lemons and turn them into lemonade so that, you know, your whole day doesn't start out on that sour note. Um, because I found myself doing this, you know, when I really embraced um, my faith and the love of God and, you know, we were, we were going to this wonderful praise and worship Um, time that we had a prayer group that met um, every Thursday night, and um, it was just so wonderful and and with like-minded Christian friends, and during that time in my life, you know, I was just so joyful, and I would wake up just praising God, and I felt, you know, so energized each day. And then I found, you know, as life goes on and, you know, things happen and, and, you know, the family grows and you can't go to prayer group because somebody's got a a baseball game or a softball game or, you know, the grandkids have something going on or, you know, there's stuff happening um, that, I you know, I found that I was waking up with, you know, the first thing I was thinking about was, oh, did I pay that bill or... Oh, someone has an orthodontist appointment this morning, or you know, and so I would just lay there, and I would not get up unless I praise would praise God. So you know, I found that, you know, as I was laying there and thinking, you know, I need to get up. I you know, but um, that thought came to mind that I was going to turn around these negative thoughts, not that you know, paying a bill or remembering you have an orthodontist appointment is bad but just I wanted to to give that day to the Lord and start it with with praising him you know before I even put the feet you know boots on the ground so to speak so that I could start the day right and that to me was was really important good well thank you for that yeah, that, that that will be helpful awesome. for me. I, I've i had to learn to not... I used to wake up and just have the constant worry and dread, like, first thing in the morning, and then, of course, for the rest of the day, that's kind of the funk you end up in. So yeah. I'm going to take that time to make sure before I put my boots on the floor that I take some time to pray and, and get my mind right. Amen. Yeah. And that's what we want to do is we want to... Um, Hashtag um, Lemonade from Lemons and, you know, start doing that and, and let's, um, you know, if you're not sure how to hashtag, you can do it on social media, on um, Facebook or Twitter, um, on Google Plus, um, Instagram, and you a hashtag um you, know, you guys know what the hashtag is—the pound sign—and then just write lemonade from lemons, and let's do that. Let's take this back, you know, and just purpose for this month to um, to turn things around and be joyous for the Lord and just make an impact and and bless other people's lives in the process. You know, it's 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 important because um, you know we want to to pass a legacy on to our kids, but we also want to you know, be a witness for others, and we want them to say, you know, what's so different about you? <laughs> and we can say, do you know Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, guys, it has been phenomenal being here with you, and I'm so excited that LaToya is going to be sharing with you guys moving forward with Mommy Jammies, and I will definitely be here. and. Um, be involved in the chat and hanging out with all of you guys. It will be super fun to do that, and uh, I'll also be available on my um, Vintage Homeschool Moms show as well as um, current issues in the Constitution that we do weekly. So you guys definitely haven't gotten rid of me yet. I'm still around. Yay! <laughs> all right, girl. Are you ready? What? I said, what will we do without you? (laughs) I don't know. I would think of something else. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Too many ideas, not enough time. But, you know, just take one day at a time. All right. Well, we're going to listen to a word from our sponsor. God bless you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night. Good night, everyone.
1: My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I want to introduce you to my publishing company, Media Angels. I have a heart for homeschool families, and since 1994, I have poured my efforts into creating curriculum to support teaching science, especially from a creationist worldview to the homeschool community. My curriculum was selected by Kathy Duffy and her 101 Top Homeschool Picks. Another Labor of Love is a three-book novel series specifically for homeschoolers with a creation focus the Truth Seekers Mystery Series that I co-authored with my daughter, Christina. Media Angels represents uncompromising quality, not only with books, but with an online homeschool convention and this ultimate homeschool radio network with amazing show hosts. Along with books, Media Angels has produced an American history and an American government video series, as well as a family Bible study, Homeschooling with Proverbs. It has been my pleasure to mentor countless homeschool families and missionaries worldwide. I also enjoy mentoring aspiring authors with one-on-one coaching and the Information in a Nutshell series. If we haven't met, please reach out. I'd love to help you on your homeschooling journey, or if you have a book, help you getting that into print. I can be found on social media and look forward to meeting you. You can reach me at MediaAngels.com. Thanks so much and hope to meet you soon.
0: Thanks for joining us for Mommy Jamie's Night. I'm your host, LaToya Edwards, and it's been such fun hanging out with you tonight. Please come back and check us out on our website, Mommy Jamie's Night, for all of the archives of our past shows. And don't forget to invite your friends and set your calendar for the second Tuesday of every month for more fellowship and encouragement.